So perfect, we're recording um, on Zoom and we're gonna try to record for our podcast. And the topic that we're talking about is mental health and physical health and through the lens of the Torah. And I think it's like a very important part because as we're aging and as things are changing, like really in the end, if we're not gonna take a, a very, what's the word, a very determined um, look at staying healthy, both mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, we're playing with fire because the body is just naturally pulling down, right? Gravity is just pulling us down. There is an aging process. Things are changing for us. It can, you know, be a, a rough ride. And unless we really consciously make an effort, and this is what the Torah tells us, right? We said the mitzvah that we're talking about is shemartem ma'od esnafshechem. Take very good care of your nefesh, your body, right? And your soul right? So, and it's actually using the word ma'od very much, which you don't really see in so many different mitzvahs, but what's the point here? That it needs consistent. When it says ma'od, it means consistent care. Um, so let's just take a little bit of a quick review. We said that the Rambam's perspective, remember we're talking about the Rambam, he is the uh, foundation of modern science. That's what they call modern medicine. And so he really said that people have to take an active part in taking care of their body, that that was a divine service. It wasn't just like, you know, because we're egotistical. He's saying because if you want to be spiritual, right, you need to be healthy, right? In order to do the mitzvahs, you they're, they're partly actions and words and thoughts. And in order to have those actions, words and thoughts, you're going to need to have a healthy body. So it was very interesting. Like, what did he say brings a healthy body? He was the one who said what you eat is you know, going to affect your body a lot. He was very into eating lots of fruits and lots of vegetables and food that wasn't processed. He was very into breathing, which today is like the number one, you know, uh, number one uh, way out there to like calm yourself, you know, to cleanse the body. It has so many wonderful things and most of us are taking very short breaths. He was very into proper breathing and into water. And then the Baal Shem Tov said something very interesting. He said, it says in the Chumash, that when you see a donkey and the donkey is very overloaded, that you shouldn't just let the donkey fall to the ground, but that you should go and you should help him. So the Baal Shem Tov said that this is not only referring to a donkey, meaning a donkey animal or even a person who's very overloaded that you should go and help them. But he said a donkey is called a chamor and a chamor means physical. Like chumriut is like physical stuff. So he was saying, like, if you see your chamor, meaning your body, that's very interesting. He said, if you see your body and it's very full of junk, it's feeling very overwhelmed or it's overeating or it's not getting enough sleep or it's, you know what I mean? Or it's just like it wants this and it wants that. And it just seems so out of control. He says, you need to go over and help it. But you don't just let yourself fall to pieces, so to speak. It's not what we do. Like he said, it's not that you look at the body and go, oh, well, you know, it just wants everything. Oh, like, just let's negate this whole thing. The body's such a loser. It's the one that's pulling me aside. He's saying the opposite. You take the body and you work with the body. You try to make it a healthy body so that it can do the will of your neshama, right? Because we always say, like, the neshama should be the rider 
and the body is the horse. So if you want to get somewhere, you need a nice, healthy horse. And he's saying that's what you have to do. We don't negate it. We don't throw it out of the way. We learn to control it. All right. Okay. Now, let's see. So it's also very interesting, very interesting. Like when you look in the Torah and it talks about when the Torah is given to the Jewish people, you have to appreciate these people who walked out of Egypt are people that were really enslaved. And when they were enslaved, they were beaten. So a lot of people came with very broken bodies to Harsinai. And I mean, people could be missing limbs or their eyes or their, they wouldn't be able to hear. Like they were like tortured. So people are tortured. Their bodies are very broken. What happened? The Torah tells you that Hashem made a miracle at Harsinai and he cured everyone. So the question is like, why did he cure them all? Because he understood, here's the very foundations of the Jewish people accepting the Torah. And he's saying outright, for you to be a healthy nation with a healthy acceptance and a healthy ability to actually do what the Torah requires, you need a healthy body. So Hashem set the nation straight on that course with a healthy body. All right. And then what did we also say last week, which is just a nice idea. You know, when the people who are dealing with the body at the end of the life of the body, like it's interesting, like we have such a belief in this world to come. And what do you talk about this like beautiful neshama that's moving forward with, you know, all the gains that it made, it's going to the world to come, but the body is left here, right? Yet, even though the body is left here, we treat it with the ultimate of respect. And the people who are dealing with the body, they're called the Chevra Kadisha. Because in the end, we look at the body as a very holy vessel. If it housed the soul and it physically, right, in enabled the soul to do the mitzvahs, right? then this body in and of itself is a holy reality, right? And we as Jews believe that at the end of days in Olam Haba, there'll be something called Tzriyas HaMesim, there'll be a resurrection of the dead. So it's an interesting idea, there'll be a resurrection of this body. So I think it's all like, so when we're looking at all this, we get this impression, we get this understanding that we have a, a mitzvah moral obligation to take good care of ourselves. Now we have to do everything when it comes to Judaism, everything is in the balance. Okay. Nothing is an extreme. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the Torah is not telling you, okay, now take your body and you worship it. And every day you got exercise three hours and you have to be a size zero. And we're not saying that. That's not what we're saying. We're saying we're going to do um, reasonable hishtadlus, right? We're going to take care of ourselves reasonably. So what are reasonable things? They'll tell you, you need between seven to eight hours of sleep. That's reasonable. Do you know what I mean? You need to drink a certain amount, but like certain foods do make a difference. You know, it's an interesting idea. Like I sometimes feel a little bit bad about it, but we've got to be real. You are what you eat. Do you know what I'm saying? Right? If you eat junk food, how do you feel? You could unmute and tell me, how do you feel? Right? Like you sit down, I do it. Like I binge sometimes. It's really sad. You know, how do I feel after? I feel pretty miserable. Okay. Right. You feel guilty. You feel miserable. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't feel really good. Right. 
Junk food is junk. What makes it junk? What defines junk food? Like, I'm curious, like, see if you can unmute and tell me what defines junk food. Why do you call it junk? I'm being honest. Come on, I'm waiting for someone, you know, Amita. And, and Overuse of oil, maybe, yeah, I'm not sure, fats. Right, it's, it's too much of like stuff that really isn't healthy for the body. It's a lot of chemicals, a lot of process. So you have to be careful because sometimes kosher food can be the worst culprits. You know what I mean? Like we've got it, it's, you know what I mean? Like sometimes they go, oh, well, the food's kosher. So obviously it's amazing. Not necessarily. Like they make the best junk. They make the best candies, <laughs> right? And if you look at the ingredients, it's also full of garbage. Does that mean we could never, ever have junk food? You can never, ever have a treat? No, you can have a treat, but just keep it in balance. You know what I mean? Like that's really what we're aiming for. It's just a balanced reality, all right? On all sides. So now, so that's basically our look for physical. I'm going to look for more ideas, but right now I just wanted to start today with a different perspective. And that is the perspective on mental health. All right. Cause mental health is a huge component in our lives. And there really is, when you look at mental health, the way that Hashem has created this world and the way that he's, he sent you a, a, a like a life preserver. He sent you a way to be able to navigate through this whole world. But they say one of the mitzvahs that a Jew has, a parent has, Jewish parent to his child, is to teach him how to swim. So a lot of people think like, what does that mean? You know, like how important is that? Like that's one of your main things you're teaching your kids. So the Torah says, yes, because we're not only talking about swim as in when things are in danger, like to know how to really swim in the pool and not drown. Because especially in the old, you know, olden days, people had lakes and oceans. Everything was around you all the time. They weren't fenced up. Okay. So yes, even the literal sense teach you how to swim, but the real deeper meaning is to swim through the difficulties of life. You know, you got to get through the challenges of life. So if you had to pick what would be the greatest life jacket that can get us through the challenges of life, what do you think it is? What can really get us through? What understanding, what idea, what mitzvah gets us through the challenges of life more than any other mitzvah? Gets you through your anxiety, gets through through your worry. What is it? Teach Torah, to teach Torah to our kids. Teach Torah, but what is the mitzvah in the Torah that is the one that is, can give you the greatest like, okay, it's going to be okay. What's, what is it? What gives you that? strength you know like the jewish people especially like go through our history like for us to have survived is an incredible miracle that we weren't we didn't give up so what was it what is it what is it that keeps you have emuna in hashem oh i love that girl okay yes that's exactly it okay so if you wanted to say what is the strongest force right that can keep us navigating ahead and being able to survive is amuna and bitachon in Hashem. So let me explain something to you. When you're looking at your mental health, if you wanted to ask me, what would be the greatest um, contributor to better mental health, especially in the world you're living in today, which feels very chaotic, very out of control, and you have so much excess information floating in your head that you don't even know where to sort, 
the best thing that you could do for your mental health is to build your amuna and bitachon muscle, all right? Because it helps you navigate through the good, the bad, and the ugly, okay? So who wants to unmute and give me an example? Like, I want to hear from you guys. How is it that it can help you through the good, the bad, and the ugly? How is having bitachon in Hashem able to do that for you? Hey, I'm being mean. <laughs> I have smart ladies on this Zoom Monday. <laughs> All right. Prove it to me. <laughs> the real life examples you need? Yeah, like an example. Yeah, like like if you if you're like you gave an example of your son who who was on the highway who could not catch his the the plane, you still have Imuna on, on Hashem. Maybe Hashem didn't want you to catch the plane. Right. Or, Right, right. Like it'll be okay. Talia, excellent. Thank you, Amita. Talia. So it gives you an acceptance. Oh, okay. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So Talia said, like, that's huge. Those words are huge acceptance. You know, like I have a friend, unfortunately, now she was diagnosed with cancer and she's going through a lot, but she always, she was, she just always had quite a few big struggles, not small struggles, okay? And it was interesting, it was at her house and she had on the on the counter, it, it said, it is what it is, <laughs> right? It is what it is. Like in other words, I can accept it because you know what, if it's coming from God is meaning there's purpose, there's a journey here at the end, it's all good. Like, do you know what I mean? It is what it is but it is for something. It's not just that, you know what I mean? It's not just nothing. It's not just bad luck. It's not like, oh, to this. We have a whole understanding that if Hashem puts you into a certain challenge, it's a peckle that you're wired for. This is your neshama knew before you came to this world that this would happen. It's an incredible opportunity for you. It could be a kapara, it could be a million things, but you have the ability to talk to your mind do you know what I'm saying? With intelligence. And you have the ability, like, for that nishama, right? That nishama to help harness all these crazy things. Now, could you also need medication? 100%. The Torah tells you, like, this was what was very beautiful about the Rambam, the Baal Shem Tov, all the Rebbe's. They would say, Hashem gave doctors the ability to heal. So if you're really sick, not only do you tap into Hashem and your Mimuna and your Bitachon, but you live in a real world and Hashem gave you a mitzvah, you need to go to a doctor, all right? So you need a combination of things, but no matter how much people will give you from the external, the doctor will do this or he'll give you these meds unless you have a foundation in this Amuna and Bitachon, I don't think it'll help 100%. I'm just being real. Okay, because that's the, the foundation. I'm being very honest. It's the foundation to mental health. So, you know, it's interesting because people can say, okay, how do you know that I'm physically healthy? How do you know if you're physically healthy? How? I'm mute. How do I know? Like, you know, the doctor comes in and people go for there. What do we go for when you go to the doctor? What's it called? Unmute a minute and tell me. 
The annual physical. Yes. You go for your annual physical. What do they do? They, you know, they chart it, they this it, they that it. So I can understand very much so, you know, how my physical health is. Mental health is a little more tricky. Okay. So mental health is a little more tricky. So, you know, they ask, okay, so what's the definition of mental health? Okay. So I was listening to Dr. David Lieberman. That's where I primarily am getting most of my information. And I really think it's great because he is an amazing, he has a PhD. He's an amazing doctor. He's written 11 books. And more than that, he's a very from connected person. Do you know what I mean? So it's not that it's just going to be, you know, what's mental health, what's physical health, you know, as is in a secular perspective. The whole beauty is that he's going to be able to give you a deeper spiritual perspective. And that's what I would call holistic health. Okay. That's a holistic understanding. So it's interesting. He said that to be mentally healthy, you have to be self-aware. What does that mean? Like, what do you think that means to be mentally healthy? You have to be self-aware, honestly. <laughs> okay, okay. You could be very self-aware, dishonestly, but I'm talking about, you have to have an honest self-awareness. So what's an honest self-awareness? Anybody want to like venture to say anything? What's an honest self-awareness? To tell yourself you need help. You Yes. Like to be real, like, you know, I'm really feeling this way. I'm feeling that way. You know what I mean? And, and it, it's maybe getting too much. It's getting too little or I'm okay. Like I had a good day and now I'm feeling a little down. You know what I mean? Like, you know, to be able to, you know, I'm feeling anxious. I'm like to be aware, you know what I'm saying? You know, this is making me feel this and this is like, so in other words, you have an awareness of your feelings. Okay. So number one, an honest awareness of your feelings. So it's very interesting. Like, I think we were, I don't know if the word is brought up, but there was a part of us, I think that, you know, your parents, well-intentioned or not, you know, and teachers and society, like big girls don't cry, big boys don't cry, you don't, you know, don't fetch, like, what are you talking about? There's nothing to be afraid of, like, do you know what I mean? So a lot of us, like, had to suppress a lot of feelings, right, because, the world made you feel like you're an idiot to feel them. Do you know what I mean? Like, what the heck is wrong with you? Like, so what's interesting is if we looked at it through the Torah's lens, the Torah's lens is you should feel your feelings. You know what I mean? Like when somebody dies, like I remember when my parents died, you were not allowed to do any mitzvahs until they're buried. And I remember like, what? Like you wouldn't even allow to make a bracha before you eat. Do you know that? Because Hashem is saying, you know what, your feelings are so confused and you're so, you're sad, you don't know what's happening, you're, you know what I mean? So it's almost like the Torah says, we don't want to demand of you a mindfulness that you can't have right now. Like, in other words, like Hashem says, like, you know, it's a big deal. Like, in a normal day, you miss making a bracha, that's big. You know what I mean? You don't do a mitzvah, that's big. But Hashem's saying, no, your feelings right now are bigger than what you can really you know, harness. So for right now, I just want you to let yourself feel the feelings, right? And then when you go to the, you know, the at the funeral, they, you know, you, they tear Kriya. Like, 
because your heart hurts. You know what I mean? You rip something. It's your, you know what I mean? You need to express these feelings. So it's so interesting how the Torah really wants you to be the opposite. Like they really, the Torah really wants us to be very self-aware, you know, be aware, like very mindful. That's what the Torah keeps asking you to be, be mindful. And sometimes being mindful and self-aware is painful, right? So you live, I mean, we live, in a world today that what do people do with most of their pain? What do they do? They suppress it. Yes, excellent, Laura. They suppress it. So how do we suppress it? By watching Netflix for eight hours, right? Or we don't, we don't even talk about it. Or we don't talk about it. Or we just pretend nothing's wrong with us. And we take a million pictures and post them on Facebook with big smiley faces, like as if we live in this la-la fantasy world. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we, we, we're very like playing games. Like a lot of people are playing games, right? And, and like advertisement and all this kind of stuff. It like, you know, puts you in this mindset. Like, you know what I mean? Like if I just had a Coke, I'm going to feel great. When really <laughs> we're going to learn that having a lot of caffeine is the opposite of making you feel great. Like it's just an interesting idea. Right. So here we're talking about we need to have this concept of self-awareness, be able to if you have good me mental health. OK, so I'm feeling these feelings. I'm not going to suppress them. And yeah, I feel really high and I feel really happy or I'm feeling really down or I'm feeling really this. But now the question is, what will you do with those feelings? That's the question. If you are mentally healthy, right, if you're mentally healthy, then you will be able to work with these emotions, right? Right, that's the the issue here. You wanna be able to navigate. I like that word, that's the word that he used. You wanna navigate with those emotions. So tell me what that means. Okay, so I'm gonna throw out an emotion. Okay, so I'm really feeling great, I'm feeling so happy. What should I do with those emotions? How would I navigate with happiness? You, you smile, you smile, you hug somebody. Yeah, perfect. Like pass it on, you know, use it. That was beautiful. Hug someone, smile at someone, like share it, you know, like feel good, embrace it, enjoy it. Say, wow, you know what? This really is a good day. Like we have a tendency to suppress everything. Like we don't really talk about the happiness. We don't talk about the sad. Like, you know what I mean? So embrace it, feel good, you know, share it with people and be open to hear it and open to accept it from someone else. Like, you know, sometimes like you're like, what's she so happy about? You know, like it's really that's the kind of world we live in today. Like, what's wrong with her? She's happy. <laughs> it's not fetching. What's wrong? <laughs> All right. So that's a good idea. Now, what about if you're filled with worry okay like a lot of people are very overwhelmed with worry okay I'm being honest okay right so what should we do what should we do with the worry go okay forget it I'm not worried forget it. I'm not what am I saying you know like what should we do what should we do hi uh, it's Gina calling yeah, hi, Gina. I, what would you do with I worry? would say that I had a very difficult week Mm. my car fell into a gigantic pothole and it busted oh, the hubcap and everything all the exploded fun yeah and I was not a happy camper yeah. because <laughs> I was going through enough yeah. without having the car explode on me yeah you know. so I, I wish I could give you a hug over the zoom okay <laughs> well I just felt I had to just 
deal with what I was being given. Good. Went to the service station and said, help me. Good. Okay. That was. And he did. He helped. That is perfect. Okay. So that's what it is. In other words, it is what it is, right? There's a lot of emotion. It's a lot of tough. It's a lot of this. It's a lot of that. But if you just throw your hands up in despair and kick the tire and get all frustrated and start screaming, you're not moving anywhere. The idea is to navigate. So that's perfect. Gina saying it is what it is. You know, I'm going to take the steps forward that I have to take. And I did it, right? That That's incredible. Okay, so that's what we would call a healthy reaction okay like okay this is what you want to feel particularly healthy yeah (laughs) i didn't but you did it do you know what i mean and you didn't like go in anything so that's like a a very beautiful idea so now let's look at it from the taurus perspective okay so we're saying the soul we always talk about the soul so the soul has all these different parts right there's really five parts but the three main parts we said is nefesh ruach and neshama so ruach right? Which is like the wind, your ability to speak. Ruach is here, right? Here's where Ruach is. And there is also where the heart is. So here's where we say emotions come into play. So who remembers what the definition of emotion was? What's the definition of emotion? I've given it to you a lot of times and it it really helps me. What's the definition of emotion? Energy in motion. Okay. So emotions are an energy And they're like inside of you, they're moving around. And now you need to take these emotions and navigate life with them. All right. Now, are they important or not? Like, you know, are they important or not? I want to hear from you. Like, yes. Yes. Okay, Leora. Yes. How come? Like, let's talk about some emotion. What's emotion? Like love and sad and happy and enthusiastic and whatever, bored. Like, what's so good about them, Leora? What's good about them that you're saying they're important? It makes you unique. It makes you who you are. Perfect. Okay. Their vitality, right? Like, imagine if we just all, you know, like, you know, sometimes like we're in shul on Shabbos and the people start singing and it, you just feel like it's a different service, right? You just feel like, no, it's true, like a mita smiling. It's like a real connection. You feel something special. Like, imagine if we were emotionless, you know, then we would be like, <laughs> why do I think that's why we get so aggravated when you make these phone calls and it's just a voice like, Press one for this, press two for that, press three for this. Like, you know, if you didn't get it, press five and I will repeat all the things I said. You know, I think we're like, give me a human being, okay? Because there is zero emotion. There's nothing there. You know that that machine couldn't care less about you. They don't even have any feelings. There's no real communication in that story. It's just a you know, it's just a bunch of rules being sent out to you, right? And if you miss them, you don't get them, you don't understand them, there's no one you can really talk to about what's bothering you. Like, you know, when they say, press this for if it's a billing problem, but for you, it's it's a bigger problem. You can't express it because it's partly billing and partly this broke and partly I need a new idea. So you're almost like, I can't even fit it in the categories. And it makes you you know, your emotions start to come up, like, I'm not being cared for, nobody cares about me, there isn't a real human on the other side, just like, emotions are life, their vitality, their chius, 
they need to be worked with though, because they're almost raw material. Do you know what I mean? And then you need to process and work with them and take an action. If you can process them and work with them and move forward with them, then you know you have mental health. If you're feeling like these emotions are overwhelming you and you can't get out of bed, right? You can't like lift your head off the pillow. You're, you know what I mean? Like, or you're so um, like full of worry that you're like totally stifled and closed and you can't, do you know what I mean? Or your feelings are manic, you know, like, what? so happy I'm so down right then we know that navigation needs tweaking and we need some help okay so this is what we we have to understand but Hashem wants emotion he wants a lot of emotion he asks you you know in your service to me I want you to feel this big word pleasure I want you to feel pleasure so the kind of pleasure that Hashem wants you to feel is um, a deep level of pleasure. And we have to understand that. It's like a deep level of pleasure that comes from the soul. It's a spiritual pleasure. We get very confused today with body pleasure and spiritual pleasure. So what's the difference between body pleasure? And Hashem even wants you to have body pleasure with a spiritual understanding. He does. He wants you to have um, intimacy, but he wants you to have it with one person who you marry, <laughs> okay, who you have a commitment to. He wants you to eat good food, amazing food, but he wants that food to be kosher. You know, he wants you to dance, right, at weddings and at whatever, but not mixed, okay? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, he has, like, it's not that Hashem doesn't have ideas of pleasure. He made the most pleasurable, beautiful world. Like, I mean, everyone walking around now when the weather is so beautiful with all these flowers, like, it's, you know, you just, you're overwhelmed, okay? So it's not that Hashem is not saying, I, I, you know, I didn't make a pleasurable world. I made a pleasurable world, but there's one pleasure that is extremely lasting that is extremely unique that's extremely beautiful that's extremely amazing and what is that pleasure that Hashem really wants to give to all of us what is it anybody have any ideas what that pleasure is it's a connection to him that's what it is it's meaning and it's a purposeful life. That's the greatest pleasure you can ask for. That's the greatest pleasure because all the other pleasures are very fleeting. Body pleasures are very quick and over quick. Do you know what I mean? Like it's an interesting idea. Like you go on your vacation, right? And the minute you get home, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't even remember I had a vacation. <laughs> you know? Like what happened to that vacation? Like it's like, Whoa, right? Or you eat the ice cream or you eat this or you eat that. And the next, yeah, shouldn't have had the whole pint. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Like, right. So it's just like kind of a fleeting pleasure. But Hashem, the Ramchal tells you, Hashem created this world for you to have the ultimate pleasure. And the ultimate pleasure is a connection to Hashem, is living a life with meaning and purpose, right? So what's the meaning and purpose you get when you connect to Hashem? Hashem says, connect to me. And together, we're going to build a great you. That's all. Connect to me and together, Nasa Adam, we're going to build a great you. I'm going to give you the instructions to living. I'm going to give you ideas of how to have an incredible character, how to bring light to this world, how to do tikkun olam, how to build families and how to have relationships. And do you know what I mean? And when you follow these things, you will find yourself with incredible pleasure. And you'll be able to leave what we call 
a legacy, right? If you're going to take this world and you're just going to use it for the physical, like all you're going to care about, like today, what's going on is beyond, it's beyond comprehension, right? Right. It's, there's, they, they want to get rid of mother's day and it's going to be birthing person's day, okay? <laughs> like whatever it's going to be. It's like, help, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I'm just trying to say, right. You're not seeing, like, I'm not seeing a happy world. I'm not seeing a world, like the world that now is giving into every physical pleasure out there, right? And doing whatever the heck it wants, you know? You could steal and you can murder, you could do this, you could do that. I don't see people happy. I don't see a happy world. I don't see nachas. I don't see people with, you know, thriving families and I just don't see it, right? So here the Torah is trying to tell you this ultimate pleasure that you want in life is meaning and purpose. And you see it like, you know, Viktor Frankl was a great psych a psychiatrist, right, who was in the Holocaust. And he saw, he said, the only way that anyone could survive is they had to find some kind of meaning. So he said, like, if people would, you know, take their bread and give a little piece to someone else, if they took their blanket and they shared it with someone else, if they tried to make the world a little better under all that those horrific circumstances. If they stay connected somehow to some belief in Hashem. You know, I remember listening to someone who said, like, she said, you know, Hitler could take everything from me, but he couldn't take my soul. And she she said, I'm gonna live through this. You know what I mean? I'll fight back, I'll build a family again, like something deeper and more meaningful, right? That's what can propel you forward. Okay. And this is what can help you in your mental health. Like this is what he was really saying, Dr. Lieberman. Mental health is attached to something bigger than self, right? Something bigger out there and trying to make a bigger impact, right? But that doesn't mean like, you know, I was thinking about it. Like it's a really something to think about. Like when we look at the Jewish heroes, like the real Jewish heroes, authentic Torah Jewish heroes, right? You say, oh yeah, Aaron was amazing and Moshe was amazing and David Amelech. That's what you call success. What am I talking about? Versus in this world we live in, if you go, now that guy's a real success. Whoa, that guy was a real success. What do I mean when I say that guy was a real success? Unmute for a second. Money wise. Money. That's it. Let's let's get honest, okay? Oh, that guy's a real success. When I tell you Moshe was a great success and Aaron was a great success, we're talking about their character. <laughs> okay. We're talking what they did for other people, not what they did for themselves. Okay. It's not that they sat there and made tons of money. Okay. Aaron and Moshe were not big money makers. All right. Right. We're talking about people who did for others. Right. Or did for others and built their character. That's what we would, would, would require. That's what we would call success. That's what we call, you know, healthy mental health. You know what I mean? Because you'll see that all of these people had to go through incredible challenges in their journey in life. And they come out on the other side. Because they always stay connected. That's what David HaMelech says over and over again, right? Over and over again. He says, I could walk through the valley of death, right? But as long as you're with me, I'm okay. 
You know what I mean? And I get to the other side. That's what David Malch is telling us. Okay, so very important for us. Like if you're looking at, you know, your mental health, a great way to work with your mental health is to stay connected to Hashem, stay connected to the Muna, the Bitachot, and to the bigger picture that he gives you to live for, right? Which is creating the best you and making this world a better place, right? Leaving that legacy that you want to leave. So I think these are like such, you know, beautiful ideas. So it's interesting. He was saying like this, when you wake up in the morning, like, it's very funny, like your first, it's not like some people can just jump out of bed, but for some of us, it's a little harder. <laughs> now, that does that mean that we are mentally unhealthy? Does that mean that we're mentally unhealthy? Somebody unmute and tell me what you think, just because you can't get out of bed. You know, sometimes you're just like, oh, another day, you know, does that mean I'm mentally unhealthy? No. No, okay, I have a body, I'm a horsey, there's a horsey, horsies don't want to do any work, horsies want to sit and eat, so we're going to have to push through it, so when you say moda'ani, does anybody ever start feeling better once you say the words moda'ani? Yes, okay, Amita's shaking her head, yes, why does moda'ani make me start to feel better? I'm being real, okay, here's your mental health, you're waking up in the morning, <sighs> another day, another headache, another this, another that, and then you go, and suddenly, right? Suddenly that emotion, oh, I don't want to get up at all. It starts changing with that piece of information and those words. Why do those words and that piece of information change you? Because I'm trusting you. We got another day to live. Ah, okay. So number one, it fills you with gratitude. You start realizing, wait a minute here. <laughs> Yeah, I want to sleep, but not like in the grave. God forbid. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you, God, you gave me another day. That gratitude gives you, you know, more joy. What else? Anything else? Like there's other things. Let's hear anybody else. What else? Why would else would Moda Ani make you feel good? You're ready to face the day with new ah. challenges. Yes, why? Why am I ready to face it, Leora, when I say Moda Ani You have God with you. you know, oh, yes, you beautiful. Okay, I'm ready to face my challenges. I have God with me. And if God gave me another day, another opportunity. Yes, beautiful, 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 beautiful. So it's not like, you know, it's not like it's not an all or nothing here, you know, like, life is going to be a different challenge all the time. So it's not like, okay, I only have perfect mental health because I'm happy all the time and I love God and I never make, no. Okay. Mental Can you health. explain quickly what modani means? Yes, for sure. Modani is, I thank you, God. Modani lifanecha melechai v'kayom. I thank you, God, okay. like, you know, okay. that returned my soul to me, right? And that you have faith in me. Not only you gave me my soul back, you have faith in me that I have more to do on this planet, right? And if that more to do is just to go into the car and get my car fixed and do it, you know, with understanding instead of getting angry and throwing a hissy fit, then that's a lot, right? And then telling over that story and now giving other people encouragement if that happens to them. Do you know what I'm I saying? Okay. Yeah, that's what it means. So that helps. Yeah, for sure. It really does help. So sometimes like what Judaism wants you to do is look at your feelings, recognize them, be self-aware, use them appropriately, like try your best. And yes, it's a struggle. It's hard, but that's what Judaism wants. 
it doesn't want you to run away. It doesn't want you to suppress it. It doesn't want you to not take the appropriate action in dealing with it. If it means talking, if it means getting help, if it means speaking it over to a friend, like sometimes like this is something that's really important. Like remember, I always tell you this, like the Torah has um, commandments, okay? And it tells you what you should do. Like it gives you advice, okay? Mitzvahs are also called advice. Do you know that? Besides being tools and connectors, it's also called advice, Okay, so tools, connectors, and advice. Gives you advice. It says, uh, rav. make for yourself a rabbi. Why do you have to make for yourself? Because your ego is very big. Okay, <laughs> ego is very big. And you think you're smarter than everybody. So the, the chachamim say, all right, make him your rabbi. Say, okay, you know what I mean? I got to, this is who I got to choose. I have to make him my rabbi. I have to make myself respect him because my ego gets in the way and I feel like I'm smarter than anyone. That's how it goes. And then it says, buy for yourself a friend. What does it mean buy for yourself a friend? Look out there to find someone who could really be a good friend that you can exchange good friendship to each other. Because what does Shlomo Melech say? A problem shared is half the problem, okay? Like, and I, anybody have that? Like sometimes you're holding this whole bunch of junk inside and all you really want to do is just share it with someone. You just want to talk it out, right? And then you talk it out, you have that opportunity and you really feel like something was lifted off you. You know what I mean? Like holding it in and not being able to share your concern, right? You're worried, you're concerned about something. And then you just share it with a friend and the friend just like, you know, I'm there for you or I hear you just articulating it sometimes just makes it already feel so much better. So part of mental health is these two things, is finding a mentor in life, right? And, and really working to get one and one that you you know, feel, understands you and knows you. And the other one is, it doesn't say chaverim. It doesn't say you have to have a thousand friends. You need one good friend who cares about your spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being. Okay? Is, the mentor, is the mentor a partner in Torah? Yes. A mentor, you, I, you need someone who knows Torah, 100%. Yes, 100%. How do I find that? Okay, I'll, I'm going to talk to you later. I'll talk to you later about it. Okay, Gina, you're okay. good? Okay, good. Perfect. Okay, but that's a very important one. Okay, so looking at your feelings and being real with them, not drowning them. So how do people try to drown feelings today? Like a lot of people, there's a lot of like inner turmoil and people are just like, People are having a very hard time facing responsibility and facing reality. Those two words, okay? So we, like responsibility is the ability to respond, right? People are having a very hard time like being able to just respond to what life is giving them. And instead they're running. So where do you see the world running? How do you see it running? Instead of like, what? Rob. Drugs. Okay, so drugs are huge. Jugs are huge, right? Like people, right? This fentanyl and everything coming across the border. It's not only that the drugs are coming across the border, it's that people are taking them. 
Do you know what I mean? And even when they know, like they see it's so risky, the drugs are so poisoned, right? People are so lethal and people are dying, but people are not facing their issues, right? They're not facing their problems, taking drugs, they're drinking. Like you, you see how the world works, like how comical it was. Like if you want to know, if you want to see how comical the world is, it's really depressing sometimes. We're not going to go there, but just thinking about it, that during COVID, everything was shut down, but what? All stores were shut down. There was only one store that was allowed the to LCBO. Open. The LCBO. The LCBO was open no matter what. Okay. Why? Why would the LCBO of all show, like you would think the grocery store should have been, you know what I mean? Like there were so many more important things, schools, okay? Things that were so much more important should have been open. No, the only store that was allowed to legally be open, no matter what was going on, was the LCBO. Why? The government was making much taxes over the... Okay, and what else were they doing besides getting money for the taxes? What was the real reason? To not, not think. Right, because they knew that people would kill themselves. That's why. So they had to like, like drown themselves, like the, the stress and the this and the that, the LCBO. That's how people face a lot of their problems. Let's just take a little drink. Let's just, the drink will make it better. This will make it better. The drug will make it better. What is another way that people run a lot away from life? Like I have a friend. She never goes to bed before three or four in the morning. What is she doing? She binge watches till three or four in the morning, almost every night. Like how, you know what I mean? And it's, it's so addictive, right? Because by the time you finish the next second, like, you know, we were all, I always talk about it. Like once upon a time, you had to wait a week till you saw the next episode. You know, when we were growing up, you waited a week. Like, so by then, okay, whatever you remember, didn't remember, but this is like, it just feeds you, right? And in nine seconds, you will be able to watch the next episode. <laughs> so to you, it's only nine seconds. Little do you realize that the episode's another hour. So it's like four or five hours have gone by. You keep going, oh, it's only nine seconds. <laughs> okay. So you see what I'm trying to say? All right. So there's one thing that is very peculiar in, from what I've noticed, if you watch TV now, Mm-hmm. There's a million commercials every yes. Yes. five seconds. Every five seconds to just and keep... it's always about cars or drugs. Yes, or, or about it. Like the weirdest commercials today. The weirdest stuff is on there. The weirdest. And it's very scary because, like, what are you supposed to learn from that? I know <laughs> consumerism. Like, the, what's the point? Is to keep getting you to buy more and more and more and more and more and more and more, which I've gets never you more out of reality. Right. So it gets you more out of reality. Do you see what I'm saying? You're forever yeah. trying to move out of reality because reality seems too painful. Why is it so painful? Because when it's meaningless, it's very painful. Because how do you know, like, how do you know, like, sometimes you do watch and you feel a little bit better. Sometimes you go on a vacation and you feel better, right? I'm not saying that these things are like, you never, ever do these things. How do you know when you did them right? And how do you know when you did them wrong? If you shut it off, let's say you watch a really good documentary or you watch something on animals, or you watch something that like, it was like very intriguing and like, wow, the world is so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. You shut it off, you feel recharged. When you shut it off and all you feel like, I just wasted my time. Like, I can't believe I did this. Like, what? That was so stupid. Three hours. Like, now I'm going to bed so late. And then meanwhile, you know, I took about 10 snacks. And now like, I'm asleep in tomorrow. And you know, like, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so when that 
happens, like when you don't really feel recharged from the way you relaxed, right? Then something was off in the way that you relaxed. That's all. Like sometimes you can, you know, you just sit with your friends, you feel great, you're outside and you're just enjoying each other's company and you're sharing some news or whatever it is. And it's beautiful. You know what I mean? But if you sat there and you gossiped, right? You said a, a lot of negative things about somebody else. After you get up, you don't usually feel that great. Right? Mm -hmm. Or the whole social media thing where everyone's scrolling and comparing you with teenagers and yes, so it's all fake, but you and obviously you're gonna end up feeling terrible. I but agree. you spend hours going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, and something that I just you know, with this whole artificial intelligence, but there's things that people are posting that you think are real, like a, a even like an art something, and then it was just totally fake and you just end up feeling, why can't I do that? It was yes. cool, like yes. body image, everything. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that as far as to, if we don't feel better about ourselves, then why, or if we're not making the world a better place, then like, why are we doing it? That's exactly, okay, that's exactly what we're asking. So we have to be very careful because our mental health, like that's what I'm saying, is being very played with. You know, it's very interesting what he, I was interesting what Dr. Lieberman said. He said, if you want to stay in a healthier place, it's very interesting. He said, I have three suggestions. Stay away from the media, stay away from the media, and stay away from the media. Isn't that interesting? That's what he said was his greatest suggestion. Because so much of it is like, what's it's, it's interesting. Like the brain can't hold so much information. It's almost like information overload. And it's very, very hard when it's overloaded by things that you don't know if they're true or false. That's even scarier. Like, you know what I mean? You can load in a couple of things when you know it's true. But when everybody's like filling your brain with so much information and half of it isn't even honest information, it's very, very irritating. And because like you, you, you end up like, you know, like what you're saying, you're going down the rabbit hole and sometimes you're going down the rabbit hole because you just want to find the truth at the end of the rabbit hole, but there is no truth at the end of the rabbit hole. So it's just, it gives you more and more anxiety. So really like it's, it's tough, like, but it's almost like we have to say, you know what, Hashem, I have, you know, it's like Tuvia. Remember Tuvia, like, and Fiddle on the Roof, like when he goes, you know, God, I know you're so busy with war and with this. <laughs> I can't have so much on your plate. <laughs> but could I, you know, could you help me with a couple dollars? Okay, fine. But leave all the big stuff on God's plate. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because it's just, it's just too much. It's just too much. Like, you, you know, if you're looking at the news, like we're on the brink of war every other second right? Like it's scary. Okay. So it's just going to overwhelm us. So, and also half of it is false and some of it is true. And some of it is this and some is, so it's like, it, it's without even you understanding it, your anxiety level is going up. Even if you say like, oh, I can listen to this stuff. It doesn't really bother me subconsciously. It is going to bother you. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, you want to listen a little bit to the news and get a couple snippets. Okay, go ahead. But you can get very addicted to it. And it also has that same property today. You know, you can, you know, one newscast, the next newscast, the next newscast, the next newscast, like it can go on forever and ever and ever. And why are we doing it? Because we really want control. That's all. We want to control the story. Like, tell me the narrative so I can control it. But the bottom line is, we can't. 
So it's just like a, a never ending frustration, right? Like, let's say what you were saying, like Rachel was perfect, right? Like I'm looking at people's pictures, right? And I'm waiting to see, like, I don't get it. Like, and everything can't be that great for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then I keep scrolling, looking like, when's the one picture I get to see where she's yelling at her husband? <laughs> like, what is that? You know, you're never going to find it because no one's going to post it. Do you know what I'm saying? So, but like, was- even like I was looking at photos from Instagram for Chandra was on the Shabbaton. I'm like, literally just looking for my daughter. And like, if I don't see my daughter, like, I'm not even, even like really appreciating how beautiful everything else was like right, even, right. Like, even my own mentality was like realizing no this is just a beautiful fo- beautiful and yeah but so it's really you have to constantly be refocusing your mind to see how it's making you feel and exactly 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 okay. so that's what we're giving out to the world is how we're feeling and projecting yes. Yes. So what they're saying right now, like, let's say when we're looking at the state of affairs, like this is, it's a very interesting story. Like I was trying to think about it. I'm I'm just going to say in a few minutes, my own opinion on the whole thing. I was just looking at it. This is just, you know, because COVID had two ways to go. Either COVID would have taught people that there really is a God. Do you know what I mean? And he just, he wants us to recognize that he really is in control of this world. Right. And he can, you know what I mean? Like he can bring a virus, he can take away a virus, he can do this, he can do that. But that we need to like try to let go of being in charge of every single thing. Yes, we're going to do our hishtablos, we're going to try our best, but then we we don't have to live with this never-ending fear and anxiety. Do you know what I'm saying? Or people just went more nuts and tried to be more in control and more on top of things and and like just took it to the complete opposite extreme and sort of just like took God right out of the picture and just said, nah, people, we'll fix this. We can fix anything. We can do anything. Just do this, 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 and this. Nope, I made a mistake. Do that, this, that, and that. Nope, I made a mistake. Do this, 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 and this. You know, it's like just interesting do you know what I mean? So either it can cause like such incredible anxiety that it caused and the mistakes that they made, like if anything, nobody was looking at mental health. They were definitely less focused in on this physical reality, right? Without really weighing and measuring all the costs of what was going on. Do you know what I mean? Like to kids and to school and to this, and we're still struggling. All this stuff has such a residual effect. Like we're all still struggling from everything that happened. You know what I mean? was just very interesting how like I kind of felt like now when I look back like I feel like that's like Hashem's message was hello you know what I mean you think you can do everything and anything you think like I I can send an invisible something and you're all going to go down like turn around and ask yourself what's going on here and instead I feel like people walked out of it just thinking okay well now we're just going to be more in control (laughs) you know we're going to control everything now the narrative and this and the news and that like you know it's just so interesting you know like it had potential and I don't know if that potential you know impacted the way it was supposed to it's just an interesting idea okay okay so we're yeah back to the huge weddings and a huge yeah like that's what i'm saying leora like it it taught was supposed to teach so many good things like you know what i mean we didn't need all the excess we don't need all this like a hundred percent leora you're a hundred percent and then we just kind of all went right like 
Do you know what I mean? Like, do 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 do, like as if this had nothing to do with anything. You know, it's just just a random act, some kind of crazy, bizarre thing. And even if China started it, didn't try. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Just move on. Life goes on. Like, do you know what I'm saying? And it's like the lessons were lost. That's what's so sad. The lessons were lost, and you have to really stop and think and say to yourself, like, I don't want those lessons to be lost. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want that to be just an incident that, you know, Bar Hashem, it's over. No, there, there was a big message in that whole reality, right? And it impacted on a lot of different people in many different ways. And we have to like keep looking at that, right? And part of it was walk out of it and say, you know what? Thank you, Hashem, you saved me. And thank you, Hashem, you are behind everything that happens. Do you know what I mean? But please like save us from other disasters and make us smart enough to know what to do so that we don't have to go through things like that to understand life, you know? Okay, so we're gonna end here. I'm gonna stop, hold on, I'm gonna stop this. Okay, and I'm gonna stop this. And if we could do the prayer of thanks, that would be so amazing. So Amita, if you could do that, I would so appreciate it. And thank you so much to everybody who came.